My name is Amanda K. Phillips, and I am the community manager at Unified for Progress. I'm a huge fan of Humans Against Ted Cruz. I actually believe in all life forms against Ted Cruz, and that's really what I'm working towards. It's Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, Election Day, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Who's ready to vote? A great number of you have already taken advantage of early voting, and good on you for that. Up in DFW, KERA Dallas and writer Megan Cardonia say early voter turnout in North Texas for this year's constitutional amendment election doubled when compared to the last off-year election, which is terrific news indeed. Brandon Roddinghouse, political science professor at the University of Houston, credits activism in Texas, much like that you are engaging in now by listening to and sharing this podcast saying, quote, counties in Texas are booming and they've got more organizations out there that are really pushing voters to get out to vote. So they're harnessing that growth in a way that leads to greater voter participation, unquote. Here, here, Kelsey Thompson at KXAN-TV in Austin counters somewhat to say that state turnout is pretty typically dismal, actually, this time around, but quotes a very correct statement from Dr. Brian Smith, a political science professor at St. Edwards University in Austin, who says, quote, these are very important elections. And in a lot of ways, they're going to really affect day-to-day lives and how the state works, unquote. A great many of you are dedicated voters who like to wait until the big day. Well, that's today, so enjoy. And the fact is, there are also lots of you who haven't voted yet, maybe because you're not sure how to vote. We've got you covered on the constitutional amendment propositions. There are 14 of them, a lot to keep track of, but our handy voter guide is right there at progresstexas.org. Grab it, print it out, and let's vote our butts off today, Texas. Look forward to the results, which we'll share with you tomorrow. One of our focus items of those 14 is Prop 7, the creation of a $10 billion low-interest lending fund that would benefit only gas-powered power plants in Texas. It's worded in such a way that voters are led to believe that this will be an immediate fix for the notoriously dicey Texas power grid. What the wording leaves out is the fact that at a moment of growing existential climate crisis, this funding specifically excludes renewable energy and even energy storage via batteries. Mose Bichelle at KUT in Austin elaborates that Republican lawmakers who pushed Prop 7 onto the ballot have openly stated that their goal is to put the brakes on renewables and subsidize natural gas power plants. Environmental groups point out that any new gas-burning plants would run for decades, which would lock in dependency on fossil fuels at a time when the grid should be going green to fight climate change. Even Doug Lewin, who has become a go-to consultant with his Texas Energy and Power newsletter, says this fund would subsidize the building of new power plants at nearly the same rate as they're already being constructed with existing petroleum profits. Lewin wonders, quote, are we putting money towards things that probably would have come into the market anyway, unquote? It's frankly a handout to the already grotesquely profitable fossil fuel industry. Progress Texas says vote no on Prop 7. Meanwhile, it's also a big day at the Capitol as the third special session this year ends at the end of this Tuesday. But don't count on Republican lawmakers' appetite for school vouchers or harsh new immigration laws to end today. Kerry Heath at the Austin American Statesman writes that Governor Greg Abbott has not likely gotten the message on vouchers and will very likely call another 30-day special session. Even as school choice proposals continue to bitterly divide state lawmakers, pitting Republicans against rural members of their own party in the Texas House who have joined 
and Democrats in standing against spending state money for private education. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick blames House Speaker Dade Phelan for, amongst many other things, his apparent inability to advance the proposal in the lower chamber, ignoring the fact that vouchers are going nowhere because Republican reps know they'll pay in the next election for doing anything to hurt their public schools back home, which is why they have stood firm for now. Randy Willis, executive director of the Texas Association of Rural Schools, which represents about 375 districts across the state, expects that stalemate to hold. He says, quote, I think you'll see the same thing in the next session until there's something that can bring the two sides together, unquote. Given the importance of public schools to most small communities in Texas, it's difficult to picture what that something might be. A few more on schools this morning. Maggie Gordon at the news nonprofit Houston Landing writes that the Katy Independent School District's decision to out transgender students to their parents is likely a violation of the Texas Education Agency's Code of Ethics. KDISD has called the parents of 19 students to inform them that their child identifies as transgender or has requested to go by a different name or pronouns at school. That's an average of about two kids per week since August when the Katy School Board first passed its policy requiring staff to notify parents of such situations. In all likelihood, these reports are going to families who already know this information, but some of these students undoubtedly have been outed to families that will not support their identities. The American Civil Liberties Union of Texas says, quote, this policy in particular has a distinct and really dangerous set of harms. We know that outing children against their will places them at risk of rejection, abuse in the home, and places them at an elevated risk of homelessness, unquote. Neither the TEA nor KDISD's spokesman Craig Icorn replied to Gordon's request for comment. If you're a parent in KDISD, it's up to you to voice your opposition to this invasive, stupid, and harmful policy. Speaking of stupid, Sam Judy at Dallas Weekly writes that book banning in Texas is rolling at full steam. According to the nonprofit organization PEN America, which is dedicated to raising awareness for the protection of free expression in the United States and worldwide, and its just released list of banned books in the 2022-23 school year, on that list you'll find The Handmaid's Tale. They called themselves the KKK, the birth of an American terrorist group. Striving for equality, LGBTQ athletes claim the field. Transgender lives, complex stories, complex voices, and many other titles, nowhere near the stated goal of eliminating pornography from school libraries. These are titles that frankly dare to differ with the straight white Christian patriarchy. Frisco ISD, for example, has banned books by famed astrophysicist Stephen Hawking. Before We Were Free, which is a novel that covers the massacre of thousands of Haitian citizens in the Dominican Republic in 1937, and even The Diary of Anne Frank, as book banning festers in the suburbs, Judy notes freshly flipped now Republican Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson's view that big cities need Republican policies. We'd say Dallas and our major cities in Texas can definitely do without this one. Sticking with schools and with stupid, Eric Dexheimer at the Houston Chronicle writes about Kelly Brunner, a social worker in Mejia near Waco who became a Republican scapegoat for supposed widespread voter fraud in 2020 when she was very publicly prosecuted for 134 separate election crimes stemming from simple errors she made in helping residents at a psychiatric facility to vote. 
Facing years in prison, Brunner reluctantly agreed to a plea deal that placed her on probation, but the state's not done. Citing the felony conviction, state education regulators are now moving to suspend Brunner's teaching license. She learned of that latest action when she applied to substitute at her local elementary school recently. As the all-important 2024 election approaches, count on state Republicans to do all they can to instill fear and doubt into the voting process in Texas. Troubling coverage from Karen Brooks Harper at the Texas Tribune on the current state of foster care in Texas, a shameful state of affairs that all too frequently flies under the radar. In particular, a watchdog report on four single-family houses in Bell County being rented by the state for kids under state care. The investigation finds chaotic, dirty, and dangerous environments that threaten the health and safety of not just the kids, but also the undertrained and undersupported caseworkers who try to supervise them. These are some of our most victimized and vulnerable children, and they're reportedly running away nightly, falling victim to sexual predators, consuming marijuana, and threatening caseworkers with gun violence or sexual aggression. Somewhere between outright neglect and a Lord of the Flies situation, and if it's happening in Bell County, it's probably happening across the state. In 2015, U.S. District Judge Janice Jack found that children leave Texas's foster care system more damaged than when they entered it, and it doesn't appear that much has improved since then. A disturbing read on our state unacceptably inadequate foster care system at the Texas Tribune link in the show notes. We told you a few weeks ago about an event promoting the fully debunked pseudoscience of eugenics theory happening at an Austin hotel. And Brant Bingaman and Maggie Q. Thompson at the Austin Chronicle provide an update on that. The Line Hotel on the shores of Lady Bird Lake will host the Natal Conference over the first weekend of December. Featuring speakers that range from those seeking a return to conservative 1950s gender roles to right-wing extremists pursuing a no-enemies-to-the-right philosophy, which holds that conservatives should collaborate on common issues with even the most hateful fringe right-wingers, including Nazis. Also included are academics and science enthusiasts pushing theories that harken back to early 1900s eugenics, again, all fully and repeatedly debunked hogwash. Be warned, normal folks, that the bars and hallways of the Line Hotel in Austin will be lousy with right-wing wackos and Nazi sympathizers in just a few weeks. Sticking with that picture for just a moment as we wrap yet more craziness in the pages of Venerable Texas Monthly, where Christopher Hooks writes about Matt Rinaldi, current chairman of the Republican Party of Texas and his declaration of war on the moderate members of his own party, whom he considers paralyzed by indecision and cowardice. Hooks notes that part of the reason the GOP took power in Texas is that it was flexible enough to appeal to a wide swath of conservatives. But Rinaldi has styled himself more of a hard-right taskmaster on behalf of the approximate 3% of the state's population who make up the body of Republican primary voters. Considering the entrenched power of the GOP, that's a lot of power in just a few hands, and Rinaldi intends to wield the power of that micro-minority to its fullest. Yet another freaky read from Texas Monthly in the show notes. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Again, it's election day. Polls across Texas are open until 7 p.m. tonight. In this low turnout, high impact election, you have a unique opportunity to have a big impact on the future of Texas. Find everything you need to know about voting in our state at GoVoteTexas.org and grab and print out our popular voting guide and consider making a donation to help us continue our important work at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Happy voting, and we'll see you again tomorrow.